Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we're going to talk about inflation, what its true cost is, what you should do about it, and what we're doing here for our clients. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to you being with us today. Well, here we go again. Number five, you ready? I'm ready for this one. This is a good one. It's been on everybody's mind along with kind of the market conditions. Um, We're recording this at the 1st of August, but today we're going to kind of talk about inflation and some ideas about what we can do and how to handle or at least consider uh, when inflation is raising faster than normal because it's always there. And I think that's the kind of the tricky part of it. So it never goes away. Yeah, it does. It always just um, creeps on your portfolio all the time. And I've always felt like that um, inflation's probably the big, biggest risk in retirement planning because it's, you know, when we have market volatility and the markets go down or they go way up, I mean, it's very noticeable on your statements and stuff like that. But inflation is just kind of the silent thief. It's just kind of, it's always there. It's always, you know, pecking at you. In a good year, it's, you know, one or 2%. And in a bad year, it's 9% like we've had, you know, over the last 12 months. And, and so it's, um, it just, it just, it's just that constant, constant creep on a portfolio and the cost of living. Yeah. And I, I think also inflation is just, it impacts everything. Um, sometimes when it's just one area or another, but when you get, you know, full bone economy wide inflation, it, it impacts not only the investments, but what you're living on, what cars cost, what food costs, and it just trickles through everything. And so it feels like when you get fast paces of inflation, the dollars just aren't going as far because they're not. Right. And it just impacts everybody's decision-making, you know, people, start delaying purchases, you know, oh, we can't really afford to replace the car. We, you know, well, maybe we'll buy one shirt instead of two. And so it just, it really, uh, it's not just the cost of things, but it's the, it's the decision-making that it, it affects the economy negatively. Yeah. I I think we've seen that in client conversations too, of just, there's, uh, anytime with inflation on the rise, there's a prioritization of, of where the spending is going. And, uh, and everybody feels it. I, uh, there's no escaping inflation uh, anywhere, anywhere, um, and, and it gets all of us. And I think one thing to consider, too, is, is as inflation erodes away, the rated inflation plays a big effect. Um, I think you have a great chart there that kind of covers what purchasing power feels like over time. What, you know, even though you still have the same amount of dollars, what it feels like it can buy you over time. Yeah, it's and it's uh, it's really interesting uh, the impact that it has. So, the chart shows different inflation rates. You know, a, a low rate of two and a half percent. It goes on up to ten percent, and I kind of picked the column that shows inflation at about seven and a half percent because that's that's kind of in the ballpark of what we've been running here for the last oh you know fifteen months or so. And if you have a hundred thousand dollars in today's dollars at a seven and a half percent inflation rate in only 10 years. So 10 years from now, you'll still have the 100,000, but the purchasing power is only $48,000. So your your purchasing power is cut in half. 
at a 7.5% inflation rate. So just envision a time period where the, uh, the cost of everything doubles in 10 years. And it's just, it's absolutely devastating. Uh, over 20 years, um, the purchasing power drops clear down to $23,000. So, you know, somebody retires at age 65, they have a million dollars, uh, 20 years later, the purchasing power of that million dollars is only $230,000. That, that just wipes out, uh, you know, long-term portfolio as far as being able to buy goods and services with those saved dollars. And, and so it's, we really have to be aware of it at a normal, a more normal two and a half percent inflation rate. Uh, the 10 year numbers still not great, but it is 78,000 instead of 48,000. So at a, at a normal two and a half percent inflation rate, you know, you're, you're still eroding your purchasing power 20 years later, uh, that, 85 year old instead of uh, purchasing power for hundred thousand dollars. It's only 61,000. So even at a low inflation rate um, Purchasing power in retirement is is really chewed up and the the higher the f Inflation the the faster it goes. It's just we, we just have to we just have to plan for that Yeah, and if you saw those numbers on your statement of that hundred thousand shrinking It would feel very different than when it's just chipped away a little bit at every day and you still have the same dollar amount They're just not going as far and that's I think the one of our biggest worries for all of our clients in retirement because they're so long now you know we have many people that in their 50s are retiring and you start looking at a 40 or 50 year retirement with what inflation does and that is a very different conversation than what inflation does over four or five years right and all of our long-term uh, retirement planning so those of you who are in, in familiar with the term envision plan it, it calculates in a long-term inflation rate. And so that's, that's one of the ways that we help uh, clients quantify, do they have enough money to, uh, to retire comfort comfortably with inflation-adjusted dollars? Uh, you, you can't just look at it in terms of simple math. You have to, you have to look at your purchasing power long-term. And uh, that's what that tool is for, is to help us kind of guide us on that. Yeah, and in retirement, you know, the biggest costs generally are uh, taxes and inflation. Um, taxes we see because you generally write a check for it or it's withdrawn from the account where inflation you don't necessarily see. Um, you just don't have as many dollars uh, going as far. Um, and so I think kind of the big conversation we wanted to have along these lines is what do we do about it? Um, we can't stick our head in the sand and just ignore it. It's part of every conversation we have. It's part of every retirement plan. And uh, um, so I think kind of the first thing to consider when what to do about inflation is to kind of get an understanding of what the day-to-day -day costs are. Um, when everything costs more and it's going up every month, uh, I think sometimes it gets just swept into the budget or uh, in, into kind of just the everyday spending. And I think getting an understanding of actually what some things are costing you can kind of help the long-term plan of, of knowing, okay, what am I actually spending today on energy and gas and groceries and, and on down the list? Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems that we have is, um, you know, as we get older and more affluent and there's, you know, it's just feels like there's more money around cause you don't have, you know, kids in braces and, you know, just, college expenses and just all the stuff that adds up on a young family over time. Um, you know, you just have a tendency to budget less. I, I know I budget, I don't budget at all in, <clears throat> anymore. And so 
uh, during inflation, it's probably good to know, hey, where, you know, where, where is our money going? Uh, that's one tool that we can use is just, you know, dial back into those days where there's a little bit more of a scarcity mindset and just say, where, where are we spending money and what what's costing us a lot more this year than than it cost last year? And just see if there's areas where, you know, maybe we're overdoing it a little bit. And uh, that's what a budget does. It just helps you, um, you know, kind of dial in uh, what your spending actually is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on the other end, we're tracking every dollar we spend and keeping a close eye on it. Um, but I think there's something to be said of just knowing when everything costs more, knowing how much more it's costing to just keep you from really getting ahead of yourselves. Because usually when periods of high inflation, the market's not doing as well. And so if you're you know, relying on portfolio withdrawals to fund that, um, you can easily spend more but kind of have some erosion on the on the portfolio as well. So there's a, a trade-off there of knowing actually how many dollars you need and, and how many you're spending. And so I think the other area to kind of talk about is, is maybe our portfolios, what we do uh, in periods of high inflation of just kind of thinking through uh, what we do with kind of those three main areas, stocks, bonds, cash, and, um, you know, kind of when we're in periods of high inflation, what, what do you think is the starting point to do? Well, that that's an interesting question because um, you know th- things obviously need to be adjusted, and and having just gone through this kind of the news cycle of inflation is here, obviously it has a kind of a negative impact on um, you know all three areas of the of the portfolio. I mean, the cash is there, but the the problem with the cash bucket is you know it pays a low rate of return, and when inflation's running at seven or eight, you know. Op- obviously we're just losing ground there mm-hmm. uh, but we are looking at the cash area and and because the fed has increased short-term interest rates um, th- there are opportunities there in that that cash position to to get a better yield we're not going to get seven or eight percent obviously but if we can move it from you know 0.1 to you know two or three percent then that that softens the the blow a little bit i think yeah i think cash is really key to kind of consider during rising inflation when interest rates were low and basically paying nothing and inflation was no was was low you could kind of get away with holding a little bit extra cash and didn't have to be as as conscious about that but uh, looking at those trying to find areas where you can still maintain um some low risk or risk-free dollars, but getting a higher rate of return instead of just sitting in a checking or a savings account um, is is something that I think is really critical to look at just so you're not drifting too far behind on your uh, cash purchasing power in the short term. Yeah, I agree. And then the the, the bond bucket, um, you, you know, there's kind of a a direct impact on the on the bond portfolio because as, as inflation's there and the bond market gets worried uh, about, uh, extended inflation, the and the Fed starts to raise interest rates on the short term. It it really has a negative impact on on our bond portfolio because when interest rates go up, bond values go down, and so the adjustment that we're that we're currently uh, making is we're we're shortening the duration of our bond portfolio, and so instead of having a one year and a two year and a three year on out to ten years. We're, we're adjusting from the you know that six seven eight nine ten year position, and sh- and shortening the, the 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 bond maturity, and the effect of that is that the the rate of return on uh, 
the bond portfolio as far as the the interest rate we're getting is not going to change much um, at all, but it will preserve the the value of the of the bond portfolio if we shorten that duration down. Yeah, and I think that's something that's just unique of the period that we're in right now, where short term interest rates have. Uh, risen higher than long-term interest rates. So it allows us to shorten the duration and still continue to get a, a reasonable rate of return on that bond ladder uh, where we don't have to necessarily, where previously we kind of had to reach out a bit, little bit longer just to maintain some yield. Uh, and, and so it, it, it's a great move in that it helps kind of reduce the, the, the longevity risk while maintaining uh, uh, the higher, at least a little bit better of a yield uh, than what we've been able to get historically. And then I think when it kind of trickles over into stocks, all these companies are, are wrestling and fighting with the with the same thing. You know, big, well-established companies, uh, you know, behind the scenes, and they talk about it in their uh, earnings calls about, you know, what do we do about inflation and how they're handling it. And a company that's been around for more than a few years has had to wrestle with inflation because of this erosion. They're dealing with the same things that kind of the personal, you know, us personal spenders are. And um, so it's, you know, the brightest minds working through how to um, just navigate uh, that that's best for their company. And if and, you know, generally speaking, if a company doesn't grow faster than inflation over time, it kind of ceases to be a company. And so they that longevity, if we can give that's once again, if we can give those stocks enough time, uh, they generally historically have been able to grow faster than inflation to help us kind of keep up or even surpass uh, the erosion that uh, inflation causes. Well, and these big companies have, you know, they have um, pricing advantages, you know, most of them are, you know, kind of unique in their uh, in their industry, there's, you know, certainly competitors around, but everybody's dealing with the same uh, problem of inflation. And, you know, if there's, if there's a million places to buy something, uh, you don't have any pricing leverage, but if there's only three or four places to buy the same thing, um, and all of them are dealing with inflation, they're just going to raise their prices. And, and so stocks over time are able to, to work out, the the impact of inflation over time you know the 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 problem we have in the short term is just the uncertainty we say this all the time is that the 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 stock market just hates uncertainty it just doesn't like to to wonder about well what's the fed going to do and what are interest rates going to be and that's when the market corrects and when even when the clouds start to clear even though the news is still bad if the clouds start to clear a little bit the market will will uh, find its footing and go okay we can we can deal with this and we can see our way forward and then uh you know we get uh, a little bit of a rally in the market which is kind of what we've experienced here just in the last month or so we've got a relief rally going on Uh, hopefully the worst is behind us we don't know time will tell but um the clouds have cleared a little bit news is still bad but the clouds are cleared a little bit and the market is reacting positively because it, it feels like, okay, maybe we can deal with this. Yeah, and I, I think that's another reason why we like the dividend-paying companies is because they return cash today. And so you can either, if you need it for income, you can use it without having to sell the company, which is great in periods of volatility, or you can re- reinvest at the lower rates if the company has come down in price. Um, and so I think that's another reason why we we kind of lean on the backbone of those dividend paying companies uh, for our portfolio because it kind of gives us that flexibility of, of dollars today without necessarily having to sell or, or cause a liquidity event. Yeah. And I think the last uh, area to talk about is just social security. Um, 
everybody has got basically everybody has social security um, and and there is a cost of living increase that is uh, pegged to follow inflation um, it's usually a little delayed just because of how inflation takes effect versus uh, when they're able to raise raise that rate and i pulled up a little chart here from the social security administration and obviously for 2021 into 2022 there's a 5.9 percent increase but going back for the 10 years before that it was it was really low 1.3 in 2020 1.6 in 2019 2018 was 2.8 17 was 2.0 2016 was 0.3 2015 was zero and so you can just see that there is an increase um, which does help offset costs uh, it's one of the beauties of, of social security and and folding it into retirement plan um, but it's often delayed versus when inflation actually hits us and my guess is too that it it doesn't quite keep up with real inflation. You know, it's I've heard people often say, yeah, they they gave us you know two percent, but then our uh, cost for our our Medicare went up by four yeah. percent or something <laughs> like that. And so it it, it definitely helps. Uh, I mean, anytime we can get a bump in in the check, it's going to help. Um, but but Social Security as a general rule is probably not going to keep up with the, the real cost of living is, is probably the, you know, kind of the idea there. Yeah, definitely over time, you know, the longer the time horizon. Um, those were kind of the major areas I wanted to cover. Do you have anything on inflation uh, that you wanted to add? No, just remember it's a silent thief and, and be aware of it. And, and we're, we're dealing with it as best we can. And, and um, it'll all work out at some point and just be careful out there and, um, do the best you can with it. It's all you can do. Yeah. And I think if you want to talk about your specific situation, just give us a call. You know, we're always happy to look through a portfolio, look through spending habits and, and, and work through all that. Um, but other than that, I guess, uh, thanks for joining us today and until next time. All right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio, of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.